This has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. All right, welcome to the Garverora Show. And obviously, this episode is going to be a little different. As you know by now, NBA legend Kobe Bryant tragically passed away last Sunday in a helicopter crash, killing him and eight others, including his daughter Gianna Bryant. Look, it's Thursday and it still doesn't feel real. For me and many others across the world, the impact Kobe Bryant made was truly second to none. And we'll have Bo Estes from NBA TV and Turner Sports on to talk more about him, but... When I saw Kobe Bryant, I didn't just see a basketball player. And let me explain, I saw someone larger than life. And once again, for me, Kobe Bryant was a reason why I picked up a basketball. For many of the people in Philadelphia my age, it was Allen Iverson. And although I am a Sixers fan, Kobe Bryant was just the closest thing to Michael Jordan. In fact, he was a borderline replication of Michael Jordan, down to even the way he walked. So to these players who are honoring him in this week's games, rather they knew him or not, for most of them, he was their Michael Jordan. And one of the reasons why we compare Kobe to Michael is because Jordan came first. I'm not saying that Kobe ultimately was better than Jordan, but if he came before Jordan, this is a different conversation. And it's beyond tragic because we see these basketball legends continue and do things after basketball, and Kobe Bryant was excelling in his second career, perhaps even more than his first. He just won an Academy Award in 2018 for producing and writing his five-minute animated short project, Dear Basketball. He had this gorgeous facility in Mamba Sports Academy offering youth and adult programs for basketball and other sports. And as you can tell here... Kobe Bryant just matured in front of her very own eyes since he entered the league in 1997, coming out of high school long ago when he was a young man being accused of the sexual assault case and reportedly was at times uncoachable and partly responsible for breaking up his relationship with Shaquille O'Neal. But what he became was somebody so pure and somebody who gave it not only all on the court, but every bit of his personality and mentality to us off the court. He was real, he was genuine, and that's what made him the true killer player that we saw. That's why Kobe excelled, because Kobe was Kobe. 
He even applied this in parenthood where he was a terrific father to his four daughters and an amazing husband to Vanessa. You could see the passion he had in his children. And I remember when Kobe said once on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and I'll never forget this now especially, uh, he was explaining the story about how a guy told him, man, it would have been great if you had a boy. He could carry on the legacy to the NBA, your legacy. And... Gigi said, whoa, wait a second, I got this. And Kobe Bryant, you know, he had that full faith in Gigi. And that was perfectly fine with him. And it's so devastating to know that someone so young who hasn't even started her life yet died. She was practically a child, man. And she was probably going to go to Yukon to create her own legacy and all the families involved in this horrible tragedy, losing their loved ones, you know, mothers on board, young kids on board, on that helicopter. It's something you can't even wrap your head around. It's so bizarre. And this for me is personally right there with the tragic deaths of Prince, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston comes to mind. But with some of those and I want to be careful in the way I word this, but it's almost like at times you saw red flags are just little hints of a self-destructive personality. So here, however, it was an unexpected death at such a young age. I mean, Kobe took his private helicopter everywhere. You see LA traffic, so if he can make a trip to Mamba Academy in 15 minutes, which is where he was going, rather than three hours in LA traffic, of course he's going to do it. To him, it was something so second nature, he even visited Snoop Dogg not too long ago, according to Snoop, on Undisputed in his helicopter alone. So this was a man that was clearly accustomed to going in his helicopter. He had the same pilot for several years. I mean, this was a tragedy, man. And nobody could have seen this happen. And it hit everybody, including me, where, I mean, man, I remember seeing reports of it the first 30 minutes to an hour. And I thought it was fake. And I was holding on to that false hope and I was telling friends don't send me this junk I mean it's fake and it's just so sad that it's true and it just still doesn't feel true and I can't even fathom the day that it does feel true because it's just gonna hurt even more so we'll be back with NBA TV's Bo Estes to reflect more on the loss of Kobe Bryant but first Courtesy of Global News, here's what was said this week on talk show hosts Jimmy Fallon, Ellen DeGeneres, and Jimmy Kimmel's program. Five NBA titles, two Olympic gold medals, 18 all-star appearances, one of the most brilliant and most respected players in NBA history. And when we'd run into each other over the years, we'd laugh about that night that we first met. <laughs> We laugh at all the good things that have happened since. And we laugh about how much fun it was to raise kids and all the stupid mistakes we made trying to figure out how to be good dads. And Kobe had four daughters and I had two daughters. And today, he and one of his girls are gone. But I think I, I knew Kobe enough to know that he rose to any challenge by digging deeper and getting back to work. So let's honor Kobe, Gianna, and the other lives that were lost yesterday by following his example. Love your family, love your teammates, and outwork everyone else in the gym. Everything changed in a second. And mm, 
That's what I want to talk about. Life is short and it's fragile. And we don't know how many birthdays we have. So just, we don't want to have a birthday to celebrate. Just celebrate life. And if you haven't told someone you love them, do it now. Do it, tell people you love them. Call your friends, text your friends, hug them, kiss them. I had many conversations with Kobe off of television and they always involved his daughters, always. Once he retired from basketball, his life revolved around their lives. He was very proud of them. He loved being a father. He loved his family. He worked very hard and he brought a lot of joy to a lot of people in the city and we're gonna miss him. This was a terrible loss for those families and for the Lakers, for Kobe's teammates, for his fans. It's just, there's no silver lining here. It's all, it's all bad, it's all sad. He was uh, a bright light and that's how I want to remember him. Now joining me is someone I consider a mentor. He does some fabulous work with NBA TV and Turner Sports. His name is Bo Estes, and he is on the line now. Bo, tough week, but how is everything? Uh, I'm fine, obviously, uh, but it, you're right. A tough week is a, is a great way to describe it. The, the range of emotions that... All of us go through that that covered uh, the Lakers and Kobe Bryant uh, is is one aspect of it. It doesn't come close to touching, you know, the people that really knew him, his family, his close friends, uh, what they're going through. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. I, I've been doing this for 26 years and I, I don't recall a day that's even close to similar to what we went through on Sunday uh, trying to process one what we're supposed to be doing professionally and two, how we're supposed to be feeling about it. It was, it was just, it was a, a real challenge, but I, I'll tell you what, I'm so proud of the people I work with and the care and the consideration that they, you know, invested in making what we put out something that the people could at least appreciate and count on. Of course. And, uh, you know, when I saw the news, it was, to me, I don't know your immediate reaction. We'll get into that. But for me, at least, I was so shocked that I kind of held on to false hope for the first few hours. And I was telling my audience this before you got on here. But it was almost so surreal that you just felt like it had to be fake. Because there's no way that Kobe Bryant at the age of 41 just died with his daughter and the initial reports were even worse. Uh, some reports saying all of his daughters could have been with him. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. But take me through your immediate reaction when you heard the news. So my wife and I were just out horsing around looking at houses on Sunday and we went from one location to the next and it's about a mile and a half. So you can imagine it's a short journey. I went from no text messages to 90. And I had my phone on silent. I keep my phone on silent normally because I do these NBA highlights uh, for NBA.com on a nightly basis. And I just don't forget to flip it back on. So I see like 90 messages. The first thing I read is how can they go on with games tonight? And I'm like, hmm. And then the next thing I read is, is it really true? And so now I'm the wheels are starting to turn and I'm like, what, what happened here? So I've click over to Twitter and I see the reports and the initial reports also indicated that Rick Fox may be aboard. So I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, I, we, my wife was walking in the house and I said, I'm going to need a minute. 
because uh, I needed to figure out what was going on. Uh, and then, you know, there's a duality to it as well because you're processing, oh, this is awful, absolutely awful. And also, what do I need to be doing for work right this second? So I went and checked uh, my NDA email and saw, you know, sort of our lead producer, uh, you know, giving us marching orders. And he had 10 emails out there in, you know, two minutes. So uh, I, I went through both of those processes at the same time. Uh, and, you know, just it, it was a day filled with shock. And, and like you, you know, you're hoping that it's not true. You're hoping that this is all a hoax because that, you know, the, the internet is full of so many hoaxes now that you're like, well, let's, let's let this be one of them. Uh, sadly it wasn't, uh, and, and we lost an all time great basketball player and, and it's just, it's a tragedy for NBA fans around the world. Yeah, it is. And especially, you know, covering the NBA internationally, especially what a big deal Kobe Bryant is. And it's just something that I've never seen before, especially how everybody's just coming together through his death. Uh, you touched briefly on the games and how could they even continue to play the games. Obviously, we saw a lot of raw emotion on Monday, and then Tuesday, the Lakers and Clippers game was postponed. How do you think the NBA did handling the situation? As best they could. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where nobody has a plan for something like this, right? Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no okay, uh, you know, if somebody dies tragically, 15 minutes before we start tipping off our NBA action, what do we do? Um, I felt bad for the players out there. You know, it, it's, it, you know, just human to human. You feel bad seeing that raw emotion on their faces. Uh, we, uh, you know, as journalists, we, we're not in that room. We don't sacrifice like those players do. We don't bond with them in the same way, but we do know them. We do, you know, the people that I work with at NBA TV, the former players, I know, I'm friends with, sure. I'm friendly with. But, uh, you know, those guys out there, what, what they went and did on that Sunday, it was it was tough to watch. But I, I, I thought it was brave. And I thought, uh, you know, people kept saying this is what Kobe would have wanted. I don't know that's true. Maybe it's true. But, you know, I'd like to think it's true. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'd like to think that, you know, the best way to get through it is to play the games and, and keep playing. And, you know, I'm I'm happy that people seem to connect through the tributes that you see at each of these games. Mm -hmm. uh, the TNT broadcast. Look, I know behind the scenes a lot of the details on that. But that was a that was a. Uh, Gosh, I, it was it was tough to watch. It was tough to see, to see Shaquille O'Neal. Oh. oh, it was awful. Yeah, but like, look, let me tell you something about Shaquille O'Neal. Just so people know, this is a guy I, I coach my niece and my nephew's basketball team. Uh, this is a guy we take those kids down to the studio to. You know, it's it's a big deal. You're meeting Shaquille O'Neal. You're meeting Charles Barkley. You're meeting Ernie Johnson. You're meeting Kenny Smith. This is a big deal. Shaquille is wonderful, wonderful person to person with each of those kids. Mm -hmm. He takes time. And so, you know, you get to see a different side of a person when you're that close with him. And so to see him going through that on TV, I think the world wanted to hear from Shaquille more than anybody else sure. really, maybe save Vanessa Bryant or something. But I, I think, you know, like I think what he did was he put himself out there. And it allowed a lot of other people to heal. And I appreciate him for that. Yeah, and I do too. And we heard the stories of Kobe, you know, and, and he even reached out to Shaquille O'Neal's son that day. And it was really unfortunate because 
we've seen reports and we've read despite what happened between them that they treated each other's family like their own family and that's because they were brothers at the end of the day and it's just it's really sad to think about all of that and I compared uh, and I want to be careful the way I word this as mentioned before you came on air with me but I compared this tragic death to the likes of Prince, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston comes to mind but and like I said I want to be careful it's almost like at times you saw red flags or just little hints of a self-destructive personality with some of these celebrities. And I think that's why it's just so impactful because nobody expected this. So is there any sports tragedy or just any tragedy in your mind that compares to this? I mean, it's tough because I, I here's what I will tell you. I remember exactly where I was when Lynn Bias died. And that dates me a little bit, but mm. I remember I was a kid and I remember where I was. I remember that moment. I remember where I was when it was announced that Magic Johnson had HIV. I will forever remember the details of where I was and what was going on in my life uh, when I heard about Kobe Bryant. It's one of those moments. I don't know, you know, comparing it to this and that as far as like, impact level of tragedy. I, I don't know. I mean, it depends on your perspective. If you were a big Prince fan, Prince was bigger. If you're a bigger Kobe fan, Kobe's bigger. But uh, <clears throat> as far as me personally, I remember where I was uh, in those tragedies. I remember where I was when Michael Jackson died as well. I remember very specifically that. So uh, it's just one of those moments in your life that that you just, you're shook and your your foundations sort of ripped away and you're spinning and you don't know exactly where to turn or what to do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be one of the 10, 20 moments in my life. That's just like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're talking about earlier in the week and some of the tributes, as you said, that happened and Mark Cuban even came out and said, there will be no one to wear number 24 again in the history of the Dallas Mavericks. And there's also a petition to change the Jerry West logo, which I'm sure you've seen, to Kobe Bryant now bordering 3 million signatures. So are you predicting any changes for the NBA with retiring at least one of Kobe's numbers or potentially even changing the logo? Well, I, I'm not sure that the news just came out today that they're going to, you know, pay tribute to Kobe Bryant at the All-Star mm -hmm. game in the fourth quarter. The first one to 24 points, his number is uh, but more than so an All-Star game. You know what I mean? Sure. No, I see what you're saying. So if if I don't think that you will see uh, the logo changed, I really don't believe mm -hmm. that because then you, you sort of set a precedent then. What if something happened to somebody else? God forbid. Sure. Uh, what are you going to do next? And so you—that's a challenge. But I think, uh, my gosh, the outpouring of uh, love for this guy means something's got to happen, right? And I think Mark Cuban—you—you've met Mark Cuban. We know Mark Cuban, and he's a smart guy. He's a really smart guy. And when he makes a decision like that, it tells me something. It, it tells me, you know, look, pay attention closely because this is a big moment. So some big things have to happen to recognize that. And uh, I don't think I don't think I could be wrong. I don't think that they'll retire the eight or 24 forever across the league, but maybe they could. I don't think they'll change. The but logo, then do you think but maybe they could. do you think and that brings up a great point? If you don't think at least do you think that the players won't take initiative to make it kind of 
a, a hidden rule where it's 24 or 8, especially 24, where it's like we're not going to touch that. Uh, I know, you know, the Dallas Mavericks will probably never have anybody to wear 24 again. Do you think it will be a trend in the NBA for other players to be like, I'm not touching that number. That number is cemented in legacy for Kobe Bryant. I think short-term, yes, although I'm hearing some players want to wear it as a tribute mm-hmm. so uh, to, to bring recognition to him. So I think I, I don't know how that plays out. I, I, I think here's here's what I think at the end of the day. People want to pay tribute to the man. How that is expressed, I'm not sure. I'm really not because it's an emotional moment. Yeah. So how people react in those emotional moments isn't as rational as, you know, other times. Mm-hmm. But I do think that I think for most people, for 99% of the people, their heart is in the right place. Mm. I really think that, and they care. And this is coming from a place of care. So what the specific tributes are, I don't know. I don't think the logo's changed. I really don't think that. Uh, And I don't think uh, that league-wide, you're going to be disallowed from wearing the 24 or the 8. It's going to be retired in some sense. Uh, But I could – I think there's a better chance of that happening than the logo changing – but, uh, you know, that's that's the one I could be wrong. on. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're talking about all of this and what we've seen from the NBA. And you talked about the universal or at least touched upon it. The from your colleagues and from NBA players who recognized Kobe as one of the greats and who's treating him like that, you know, now through his death. It's unbelievable what we're seeing here. I mean, truly, I tried explaining to a friend today I mean these are one of those rare moments that we might never see again so in terms of people who haven't followed Kobe in his career can you explain your favorite moment you saw from Kobe Bryant can you explain something that maybe for the average basketball fan you know they might know but there's a lot of other people listening to this podcast as well for people who aren't in tune with basketball or the basketball world in the NBA, you know, what was Kobe Bryant? What was he known for? I mean, he was a black mamba, but it was something more than that, correct? You no, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll tell you two moments. I'll tell you two things. I'll tell you something very personal and then I'll tell you something uh that maybe everybody can grab onto. Uh I when I was when I was younger, much younger, I was a in addition to doing on camera work, I was a feature producer with TNT. So uh one of the things you do is you go out and shoot features with teams and you interview players and stuff like that. So we were in uh El Segundo where the Lakers have their practice facility. Mm-hmm. And what what happens at the practice facility is the Lakers are out having practice behind closed doors. In the last 10 minutes of practice, the media is allowed to go out there and watch practice. Now, typically what you see is a lot of players doing, you know, free throws or stuff like that. But we went out there and they were having a scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And this is this is before the three-point revolution. And this is like 2004, 2005. This is the year where uh, Gary Payton and Carl Malone jo- joined that team. Sure. So um, I remember walking into the gym and standing right on the side of the court – And people were setting screens for Kobe in an intense scrimmage beyond the three-point line. And he was pulling up and just drilling shots from way beyond what you normally saw in games back then. And I I was, like, looking around to see if anybody else was seeing this. My jaw was on the ground. I had to pick it up. And he was drilling shot after shot. And he was so intense. And he walked off that court talking, talking, talking to 
anybody who would listen that nobody in that gym could stop him. And I'll never forget it. I will never, ever forget it. And it was just there's 50 people that saw that. But I'm one of them and I won't forget it. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as a a moment that everybody can grab onto, people have asked me, what's the one moment that, you know, defines his career? To me, there's 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 a few. But the the one thing that I think that the singular moment, look, their three peat, the most recent three peat in NBA history almost never happened. Mm -hmm. They were down 15 in the fourth quarter of the Western Conference Finals against the Portland Trailblazers. And they came back against a Scottie Pippen led team. And I'm telling you what, it was that Kobe pass to Shaquille yeah. O'Neal for the dunk that sort of bonded those two together. And as much as I think of Kobe as a scorer, as an unstoppable individual scorer, that moment to me is what put them over the top. It's what put them on the map. And it's it was the the beginning of that express train that was the most dominant team of the 2000s. Well, there you go. You heard it from Bo Estes. And you can hear more from Bo on social media. His Twitter is at NBA Bo. And he'll be on later to talk to us more about his career and the NBA. But Bo, thank you so much for helping me celebrate the life of Kobe Bryant. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Garv Aurora Show. We'll be back later to preview Super Bowl 54, and next week the debatable and collaborative shows will debut as the extra equipment has come in. But as we close the show, we're going to end it with the Philadelphia 76ers ringing the bell nine times before Tuesday night's game, honoring each person that lost their lives and Sunday's tragedy. Take care, be kind to the people who you love, and God bless. Thank you.